Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you today for your word. It's always a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so I step back so the Spirit of God can use me as an instrument and an oracle to speak truths into the lives of God's people. And Father, I thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders following our lives as a result of hearing the word, believing the word, acting on the word, and Father, confessing the word until the the manifestations of your word show up in our lives. I thank you for every life, for every home, for every family, and for every person in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I started a new series about three weeks ago entitled Transitions. Everybody say Transitions. And the subtitle of this series has been Discovering and Discerning God's Direction for Your Life by Sowing Seeds. And so the first week we talked about sowing seeds of obedience. The second week we talked about sowing seeds of faith. And I believe through this series you will continue to get encouragement and strength for your current season. And then revelation, say revelation, revelation, inspiration and confirmation for your new season. Because the focus verse for our our series has been Isaiah chapter 43 verse 19. They're going to put it on the screen. It says, behold, I will do a new thing. And the word new there, we defined it as something fresh and something that did not previously exist. So whenever you're in transition, God is trying to do something new, something fresh and something that did not previously exist. And he said he would do that now. Everybody say now. Now it shall spring forth. He says, shall you not know it? And then he says, I will even make a way in the wilderness. In other words, while I'm transitioning you, don't worry about me meeting your needs. If it's not there, I'll make it. He says, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And so we define the word transition to mean movement from one position to another position or change from one position to another position. And many times, listen, church, when God transitions us, we will encounter enemies or giants sometimes. See, the children of Israel, when they got ready and God began to take them out of bondage, out of slavery, into the promised land, they encountered giants. If you remember, they went to go spy out the land. And when they got to the land, the Bible says that they saw giants in the land. And so sometimes when we're in transition, you're going to experience some giants. The children of Israel experienced giants. David encountered Saul, which is a form of a giant or an enemy. Daniel, after he was promoted, guess what? He encountered the lion's den. And anytime you and I change spiritual levels, guess what's going to happen? You will probably encounter a different devil. 
Now see, some people say, you know, a new level, new devil. There are no new devils. That may, listen, it might be new to you, but there are no new devils because if it's new, that means God, that, 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 you know, devils are being added. Well, they're not being added. The, the demons that are here are here. There are no new ones. So I'm saying that whenever you and I change spiritual levels, we will encounter a different devil. And so last week I did something interesting. I showed a video by Pastor Robert Morris. And in my opinion, I've been pastoring now here for 16 years. It was the most important message for our church. You say, well, why, Pastor Reverend? You know, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says that uh, uh, when you speak the word, it's like apples of gold and pictures of silver. It said a word spoken in due season is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. And what that means is it's nothing like the right word at the right time. You ever been in a transition moment and God said something either through his word or he used somebody? Well, that video last week was one of those moments where I believe God was speaking to our church. And here's the thing, because I'm a pastor, but I'm a person too. I know when some of you all who are watching at home, that video came on and you logged off. You logged off because it wasn't Pastor Evan. But I'm going to ask you to go back and watch the video because it was very, very important. His message was on the spirit or the Jezebel spirit. And many times, listen, people are so flesh-minded that I could have taken Pastor Robert's message from last week and I could have spoken the the same message verbatim. In other words, I could have took what he said and said it word for word. And because people are flesh-minded, they would have said, oh, I know Pastor Ebony is talking about a person. And see, that's where you're wrong. Because what we're talking about is a spirit. Everybody say a spirit. Now, let me help you. So as I teach today, because I'm going to close the series out. And let me just warn you in advance. Today's message is going to be very, very strong. This is like if you were a drinker back in the day. Any drinkers back in the day? All right, just two. Okay, four. Wow, that's all. There's a drink called Everclear. Okay, Everclear was like 100 proof or like 90 proof. You could start a fire with that drink, right? You don't drink that drink straight. Your throat will be raw for 10 years. It's a strong drink. Well, today's message is going to be a strong, you know, a message. Why? Because we're dealing with a strong spirit. And see, here's the deal. This glove represents us. This is me. This is you. This is us as individuals, this glove. But see, when we get, watch this, this glove has no life until I put spirit in it. Okay, so now this glove can move because my hand is in it. My hand represents spirit. And here's the thing. If you be led by the spirit of God, then guess what? This hand and this glove will do things that represent God. But what I'm talking about is a spirit and and people who don't know, they can get Watch this now, influenced by the spirit of Jezebel. And so that's who I'm talking about. So when I'm talking about this spirit, I'm talking about the spirit of Jezebel in somebody's hand being used like a pawn. Say amen to that. So you may say, well, pastor, why are you doing a sequel to this message today? 
Here's why. Because last week I exposed and then we evicted that spirit from our church. So guess what? If that spirit is something that works on you and works in you and you don't want to repent from it, it's going to be hard to stay here. Because I'm not going to allow it. Now, I dealt with that from the church side. But today's message will help you as a member, listen, discern, deal with, and deny the spirit from working in your life. Because some of you all are connected to some people who are operating in this spirit and you have not known what to do with it. And there's some additional insight about this whole thing that I read that I want to study and that we're going to talk about this morning. So if you're taking notes, the message title is Discovering God's Direction by Sowing Seeds of Discernment. Everybody say discernment. So, Pastor Robert pointed out last week that this spirit, this Jezebel spirit, attacks leaders. And you say, well, why does it attack leaders? Because leaders lead people. Everybody say leaders lead people. So listen, leaders, you don't have to be a Christian or a non-Christian. This spirit doesn't care if you are a Christian or a non-Christian. So this is why I'm trying to give you today some characteristics of how this spirit works because some of these people that work with you are flowing in this spirit. Some of your co-workers are flowing in this spirit. Some of your cousins and some of your relatives are flowing in the spirit. So I want to point out some characteristics about it so you'll know how to work with it and deal with it. And he pointed out that this spirit attacks leaders. And so you can be a leader on your job. You can be a leader in your business. You can be a leader on your home. And it doesn't matter. Now, he also said that an open door was typically used by this person. You know, the spirit of Jezebel normally used people who either grew up with a neglectful parent. He said a controlling parent, a person who had a father's womb. And I'm going to add a mother's womb because there are many people who grew up without their mother or in some cases an abusive mother. And it really hurt their, their growing up. And sometimes if you don't watch it, good things are handed down in your family, but bad things are too. How many heard your parents cuss growing up? You heard your parents cuss? Now, how many of y'all cuss too growing up? Let me see your hand. See, you, nobody put their hand down. You know why? Because cussing is transferable. So here's the point number one. Here's point number one. If you're taking notes, we're going to talk about discerning the spirit of Jezebel discerning the spirit of Jezebel because not only does the spirit attack leaders but see if leaders don't watch it they can allow that spirit to use them and this is why people in church get hurt and I'm going to talk about that in just a moment and at the end we're going to pray because lots of people see you you have to understand the church is God's way of speaking to you And so if I was the devil, I would do whatever I could to throw things up, to have, to listen, for you to have negative experiences at church because he knows that's what God's supposed to talk to you. You say, well, pastor, can God talk to me at home? Yes. But Jesus didn't say, on this rock, I shall build your home. He says, on this rock, I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So. We're going to read now 1 Kings 21, and I want you all to just work with me here because I'm going to point some things out that you never have seen before. And what's going to happen is the Spirit of God is going to surface on the inside of you some scenarios and some things and some people. So 1 Kings 21, I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, and it came to pass after these things, 
that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, next to the palace of the king named Ahab of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard, that I may have it for a vegetable garden, because it's near next to my house. And for it, I will give you a vineyard that is better than that. Or if it seems good to you, Ahab says to him, I will give you uh, worth its money. But Naboth, in verse 3, said to Ahab, The Lord forbid, I want you to pay attention to this, The Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. I want y'all, everybody say inheritance. Verse 4, so Ahab went into his house sulking and displeased because of the word which Naboth, the Jezreelite, had spoken to him. For he had said, watch this again, I will not give you the what, church? The inheritance of my father. So here's characteristic number one of a Jezebel spirit. The Jezebel spirit wants you to give up your inheritance or she or he will take it from you if you let her. Now, I'm saying he or she, it doesn't matter. Spirit is genderless. But I'm just saying in this, in this story, it's a lady. But it also can work in a, me, a man, and I've had to deal with both. So the spirit of Jezebel wants you to give up your inheritance or she will take it from you. And then it says, and he laid down on his bed. This was the king. He turned away his face. He wouldn't eat. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, Why is your spirit so sullen that you uh, ate no food? Verse 6, he said to her, Because I spoke to Naboth, the Jezreelite, and said to him, Give me your vineyard for money, or else if it pleases you, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. Watch verse 7. Then Jezebel, his wife, said to him, You now exercise authority over Israel? Now let me read the New Living Translation of that verse. She says, are you the king of Israel or not? Listen to the message translation. Jezebel said, is this any way for a king of Israel to act? Aren't you the boss? Wow, you see how bold this spirit is? So look at verse 7. It says, arise, eat, and let your heart be cheerful. Watch what she says now. Here are two key words that I'm going to show you. She says, I will. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. Well, let me just, before we go forward, let me ask you a question. Can you give somebody something that's not yours? So here's characteristic number two. The spirit of Jezebel uses its will, listen church, to dominate, manipulate, and control the will of others. You ever done something that you didn't want to do, but you were being manipulated to do it? I guess just me. This spirit does not have the best interests of people in mind. There's always an ulterior motive when it comes to this spirit. And listen, it becomes all about them. When you work with people like this, that listen, I'm going to show you later on that they will do whatever it takes to make you look bad and them look good. So verse 8, let's see what, uh, what Jezebel said. She wrote some letters in Ahab's name. Here's characteristic number three. The Jezebel spirit abuses its authority. You say, well, what do you mean by that? She did not have the right or position 
to even write the letters. So this is where spiritual abuse takes place even in church. When people are made to do things that they don't want to do or they get manipulated into doing things, they, listen, they might ought to do, but if they're, if it's not their will to do it, they shouldn't do it. Hello, church. And so many people leave churches. Why? Because they're being manipulated into doing things and the, the people can feel it, but they don't know what they're dealing with. They're dealing with a Jezebel spirit. So then, number three, the Jezebel spirit abuses her authority. Number four, here's another characteristic. Because of its closeness, this spirit, the spirit of Jezebel, because of its closeness to the leader. See, she was married to the king. This spirit, listen church, will use his or her position to speak, watch this, for the leader. See, it's one thing to speak on behalf of the leader versus speaking for the leader. See, if I'm speaking on behalf of the leader, then I go and I ask the leader what he wants me to say or what she wants me to say, and then I go and say, hey, it's like what you say to your kids. Hey, heaven, will you go ask Landon to come here? Heaven goes and says, Landon, daddy said, come here. She spoke on my behalf. But when you speak for the person, you say what you want to say, and you say they said it. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. Verse 8, and she wrote letters in Ahab's name. She sealed them with his seal. She sent the letters to the elders and the nobles who were dwelling in the city of Naboth. Then Jezebel wrote in the letters, watch this church, she said, proclaim a fast. Here's characteristic number five. The spirit of Jezebel tends to work in churches because it will always come across in a spiritual or religious way. Proclaim a fast. Wow. That seems very spiritual, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, I mean, I know they have intermediate, intermediate, Mitten fasting now and has nothing to do with God. But for the most part, fasting is supposed to be something that connects you to God in a more spiritual way. Do you agree with that? Well, it said that she said, proclaim a fast. And then I want you to seat Naboth with high honor among the people. And then I want you to seat two men, two scoundrels. That's what that this version used. We don't say scoundrels these days. But she said, get two scoundrels before him to bear witness against him. Here's characteristic number six of Jezebel. Jezebel will always have lower-ranking demonic forces that is partnered with her to help carry out her demonic schemes. Oh, no, she's not going to just do it herself. She's going to promote. She's going to, uh, 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 what do you call it when you, when you, uh, teams, when they go and, and they try to get other team members, what do, what do you call it? Recruit. Jezebel recruits. She needs lower ranking demons, demons to scheme. And, and here's the bad part. Sometimes these people who are involved in this don't even feel like they have a choice, especially in a work environment. So watch verse 10. It says, seat two men, two scoundrels before him to bear witness and say that he has blasphemed God and the king. Here's the seventh uh, characteristic. The Jezebel spirit will always say always. The Jezebel spirit will always lie 
to get its way. They will lie to look right. They will lie to get influence. They will lie to do anything to move you in their direction. She lied and said, tell them that he, he blasphemed God and he's blaspheming the king. Naboth didn't do that. Everybody say Jezebel is a liar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That spirit is allowed. And then it says, take him out and stone him that he may die. So the men of this city and the elders and the nobles that were in the city, they did as Jezebel had sent them. And as it is written in the letters which she had sent. And then verse 12, watch this now. They proclaimed the what, church? What did they proclaim? A fast. Okay, so we just mentioned that. But let me let me point something out here. Remember, I said Jezebel, the spirit, looks religious and spiritual because, it, especially in the church, if it doesn't look religious or spiritual, we know to back off of it. But see, the only way you can believe a lie is sometimes people might put a little truth in it or exaggeration. Well, in this situation, let me ask you a question. How do you fast with the motive to kill an innocent person? I'm going to ask that question again. How do you fast? To go and kill an innocent person. How many know that's not right? That's not right. Because watch this now. This is so important. This is where church people get hurt. Because the person, the Jezebel spirit is using the person is saying that God might be saying something. But what they're doing and what they're saying contradicts what God says. Because what they're saying and what they're doing contradicts his word. Thou shalt not kill. Is that one of the commandments? So we see here that the Jezebel spirit said, kill him. Well, we know that's not of God. Look in verse 13. So these two men, these scoundrels, these false witnesses. And you know what's interesting? I went back and I said, let me look up what this word, because the King James Version uses the word sons of Belial. So I thought, well, what in the world are the sons of Belial? So when I looked it up, the sons of Belial, which these two men were, means evil, ungodly, naughty, and wicked men. Everybody say evil, ungodly, naughty, and wicked. They came and sat before Naboth, and the scoundrels witnessed against him and Naboth, against Naboth and the presence of the people, saying, Naboth has blasphemed God and the king. Then they took him, watch this, outside the city, and they stoned him with stones so that he died. Verse 14. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, notice the king ain't in none of this. Now, see, that's a problem. And let me just say this. When you're in a home environment, ladies, wives, because see, people try to be wives, but they girlfriends. The Bible don't say he that has a girlfriend finds a good thing. No, it said he that finds a wife. Okay, so you can't live like a wife if you're a girlfriend. So if he's trying to get you to clean his house, I'm talking to somebody right now. Let me just act like I ain't talking to nobody. You know, he got your, you know, he got you coming over to his house, cleaning his stuff, cooking for you, or cooking for you, cooking for him, washing his clothes. And what the heck is all of that? Can the married people say amen for me? All the single people just say, ouch, praise the Lord. Well. When you're in a home environment, women, wives, don't do stuff outside of the knowledge and watch this, and the acknowledgement and the agreement of your husband. One clap 
Praise the Lord. It's one. So, Pastor, I don't, I don't know. See, here's the problem. When you start trying to solve problems outside of his knowledge, you are stepping from under his covering. Oh, so y'all don't believe in covering no more. Oh, so covering is all. Oh, we don't do covering no more. Oh, that's old Bible. Oh, that's right. We don't believe in that. This is America. Well, here's the eight characteristics of this spirit. The Jezebel spirit wants to kill you, kill your testimony, kill your influence, kill your marriage, kill your family, kill your business, kill your peace. You say, well, Pastor, that, that spirit that strong? Yes, because it killed Naboth. So then watch verse 15. And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, listen to what she, what she said to his, her husband now. Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money. For Naboth is not alive but dead. And so it was when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead. That Ahab got up and went down to take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. But let me explain something to you. Anytime you operate in this spirit and you step outside of the parameters and the principles of God and you call yourself a believer, God will hold you accountable whether you didn't know or know you were operating by the spirit. Watch what happens. After Naboth went down there to that vineyard, I guess he was like, ooh, I'm about to plant me some onions. Watch verse 19. Verse 19. No, let's go to verse 17. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, the prophet, the Tishbite, and said, this was God talking to the man of God, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, the king of Israel, who lives in Samaria. There he is in the vineyard of Naboth where he has gone down to take possession of it. He says, say to him, thus says the Lord, have you murdered and also taken possession? And you shall speak to him and say, thus says the Lord, in the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, dogs shall lick your blood, even yours. So Ahab said to Elijah, have you found me, O my enemy? And he answered, yes, I found you. He said, listen, because, listen, church, because you have sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. And listen, let me tell you something, church. God will always hold you accountable if you allow that spirit to use and manipulate you. He says in verse 21, behold, I bring calamity on you and I take away your posterity and I will cut off from Ahab every male in Israel, both bond and free. And I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Naboth, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah. And he says, because of your provocation, watch this now. Now, remember last week when Pastor Robert was speaking, he talked about what happens to people. First of all, he talked about in Revelation what happens to, 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 to uh, Jezebel. But then he don't just talk about what happened to her. He says if she doesn't repent, which the Bible says, well, let's just read it. Revelation chapter 2 verse 20. 
It says, nevertheless, this was Jesus talking to the church of Thyatira. He says, I have a few things against you because you've allowed the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Now you say, well, pastor, I don't do idol worship. Yes, listen, anything that you put before God is an idol. See, some of you all, your home has become an idol and that's why you don't come to church no more. Oh, you say, oh, Pastor, it's because the coronavirus. No, it's called vaccination. That was Elder Evan right there. Elder Evan. Watch this. He says, I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Watch this. And indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed. But watch this. And those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent. In other words, let me point something out here that's very dangerous about this spirit. Anytime you use your will, listen, church, anytime you use your will to control or manipulate the wills of other people, you are functioning in witchcraft. Now, I know, you know, we say everybody from Louisiana are the ones that do that stuff. No, there's some people in Texas that do it too. Anytime you are trying to bend someone, force someone, other than your kids, sometimes you have to work on them. But see, you can instruct them without breaking their will. When you try to control and bend and manipulate people, that's a form of witchcraft. And watch 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 22. Watch what it says. Because what you did not know is the Jezebel spirit, one of the characteristics, is that it functions in witchcraft. Watch this now. It says, and it came to pass when Jerome, Joram saw Jehu. That, that, what happened? Oh, Jerome. This is an Old Testament word that's close to Jerome. So when Joram saw Jehu, that he said, is it peace, Jehu? In other words, they were coming down the street. And, and this guy named Joram, who I think at the time was a king, he saw Jehu. And Jehu had just got anointed to be king over Israel uh, at that time, right? It says, is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, Jehu said, what peace so long as the whoredoms of your mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many. Wow, he called this lady, this man's mother a whoredom. So y'all thought I was going to say just a whore. But a whore and a whoredom are the same. He called this man's mother a whoredom and then said she worked witchcraft. Listen to the message translation. When Joram saw Jehu, he called out, good day, Jehu. And Jehu answered, what good, what's good about it? How can there be anything good about it as long as the promiscuous whoring and sorceries of your mother Jezebel pollute the country? Watch verse 23. And concerning Jezebel, watch this now. Here's her punishment. The Lord spoke, said, the dog shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. The dog shall eat whoever belongs to Ahab and dies in the city. Listen, this whole thing ruined Ahab's whole family. But remember in the book of Revelation, God says, I gave her time to repent. And she didn't repent. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Because we're in Christ Jesus and we live in the, in the age of grace, I believe God will give everybody an opportunity to repent. 
So let's see what happened with uh, uh, Ahab, verse 25. It says, but there was none like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord because Jezebel, his wife, listen, stirred him up. And that's what that spirit want to do. It want to stir you up. Have you ever had peace at work and somebody stirred it up with some foolishness? Have you ever, everything going right between you and your husband? Your husband and you? And one of your girlfriends stirs something up and now you mad at him and he ain't do nothing. You just come home and just be going off. You don't even know the spirit that jumped on you. And you at home going off, he, he just sitting there going, or she just sitting there going, because I'm an op- equal opportunity pastor. She's sitting there going, well, what happened? Because you sitting up there at work listening to all your boys calling their wives names that they shouldn't name them. And instead of you walking away, I'm talking to some people, instead of you walking away from the conversation, being a man and say, hey, listen, man, I don't want to hear that because you know what? I love my wife and I want to love her like Christ loved the church. So I got to walk away from this foolishness. When y'all get done talking about that, call me back in. See, that's what a real man is supposed to do. So here's the eight characteristic. This spirit will corrupt your character. It will have you lowering your standards, compromising your morals and your values. And this is why single people end up with the wrong people. Why? Because the Jezebel spirit will cause you to lower your standards. Well, listen, the New Living Translation of 1 Corinthians 15, 15, 33. I'm almost done here. It says, be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. The New Living Translation uh, says this. Don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. You want your character messed up? Just hang around people who have bad character. You say, well, pastor, I don't know that they have bad character. Yeah, you do. Because they do stuff you don't do. Okay, the next series will be much better. So watch verse 27. And so it was when Ahab heard these words, watch what he did. He tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his body and he fasted and he laid in sackcloth and went about mourning. You know what that is? That's repentance. So let's see what God, listen, this man had somebody murdered. And took possession of his property. Let's see how the Lord responded. Because the Lord had already told him, hey, listen, man, you're going to die. Your, your posterity is going to die. And he just rolled it, rolled it out to him. Let's see what happened. Verse 29. See how Ahab has humbled himself before me. Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the calamity in his days. In the days of his son, I will bring the calamity. In other words, you know what, Ahab, since you humbled yourself, I'll let it skip you. But because you didn't already sow the seed, because the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever way you sow it is the way you're going to get back. So, see, I know people say, that's karma. That ain't karma. That's the Bible. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. He says, you know, Ahab, since you humbled yourself, since you repented, you know what? I'm going to let it skip you and it'll jump over to your son. So then uh, here's the question because I was going through this. "Mm." Because, see, my goal is to try to get you to make sure you understand this thing when you leave 
and how it affects you in your home and how it affects you at a, on your job and how it affects you in your business. So here's the question I ask. How do you remove yourself from someone who is functioning with this spirit or remove yourself from a person who is strongly associated with someone who's being controlled by the spirit? Here's point number two. You must disengage from the Jezebel spirit. You must disengage. Now, the New Living Translation of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, I'm going to read it. And you may, while I'm reading it, you may think, but this has nothing to do with the Jezebel spirit. Yes, it does. Watch this now. He says, this was Paul talking to the Corinthians church. He says, when I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate, listen, with people who indulge in what? Sexual sins. What was the one of the things that Jezebel did? She operated in fornication and adultery. All right. So, This is that same spirit. He says, listen, when people do that, don't even associate with them. Watch verse 10. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge indulge in sexual sin, uh, unbelievers who indulge in in sexual sin, or, listen, are greedy. Was Jezebel greedy? Yes, she took something that wasn't hers. Or cheat people. Did she cheat people? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Or worship idols. He says, you would have to leave the world to avoid people like that. He says, I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worship idols or is abusive or is a drunkard or cheats people. That's the Jezebel spirit. God said in the New Testament, don't even associate people. Watch what he says. Don't even eat with those people. Don't go to lunch with them. Just because, listen, because see, some of y'all are related to some of these people. Just because you are related, listen, doesn't mean you have to agree or hang out with them. So here's a take-home statement. I'm closing because y'all feel it. This is heavy right here. This is heavy. I know it's just heavy. Just look at your neighbor and say, this is kind of heavy. Here's a take-home statement. Jezebel wants your association so that she can cause contamination. I'm going to say that again. In fact, let's say it together. And let's smile while we do it. Are you ready? Come on, put your smile on. Whether you have a mask on or not, it don't matter. Y'all ready? Come on, at home. Let's smile together. Let's say it. Jezebel wants your association so that she can cause contamination. See, in our world of social media, cell phones, email, the Internet, it's kind of, you know, it's easy to engage with people. And it seems hard to disengage from them. But if you understand how destructive this spirit is, then you'll find the courage to do what you need to do. So here's the question. How do you disengage from a spirit or a person who's working that spirit? How do you do that? Well, here's the first way. Ignore. In other words, let's just use online. Stop liking it. They posted something foolish anyway. Why did you like that? Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. Go on and tell him he's talking to you. And look at the other neighbor and say, he is talking to me, ain't he? Go ahead. You ignore. You stop liking. You stop commenting. You stop responding to their posts. You stop stop responding to their text messages. Stop taking their phone calls. They will get the message. But see, this spirit is strong because it don't come back just once now. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will what? Flee. So sometimes that that spirit ain't going to get the message. So... If they don't get the message when you ignore it, then here's the second I. You have to now issue some boundaries. What does that look like? Well, you set some boundaries. You let them know right up front, hey, there are some things that are off limits. 
say, well, what are the off-limit things? First of all, if they are negative to what you love, then it is definitely off-limits. If you love your church, you can't let them talk about your church. I mean, you love your mama, you don't let them talk about her. Oh, 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 that was too real. I'm sorry. No, for real. If, listen, if it's your church, if it's your past, if it's your children, whatever it is, if it's associated with you and you love it, then that subject is now off limits. And it is especially off limits if it triggers something in you that's negative. So here's the question. What do you do if you ignore them and you have set boundaries and they still want to influence you, manipulate you and control you? Here's the last point and we're closing right here. You must completely disconnect from that spirit. See, those are people you block now. And then when they see you, they're going to say, I've been trying to call you. I didn't know that. You're blocked. Oh, well, you see, we don't see, we, we don't see, th- this, is, this is where now you got to get some thick skin. Now, when I was growing up, I'm, si- I'm 56. When I was growing up, you don't talk about nobody. Even now, it's a little different about your mama jokes. But back then, you didn't talk about nobody's mama. You might as well get ready to fight that day. It's going down. Even if you can't whoop the person, you better try. They not going to talk about mama. No, no, no. See, this is where you got to get that I ain't going to let nobody talk about my mama's spirit on you when it comes to Jezebel. And so they be like, well, I tried to text you. Well, I'm blocked. You blocked. Well, why am I blocked? You know what? That's for you to know, for me to know, and for you to find out. But obviously, I wanted you blocked. He said, I don't know about saying it like that. Well, listen, you can't be nice. Listen, Pastor Robert said it. You love the person. You hate the spirit. Because that spirit will kill you if you let it. And so this is where you just got to put your foot down and just say, you know what? Hey, it is what it is. And they're they, they not going to like it. But they're not feeding you anyway. So here's what I'm about to do right now. Because there are some people that have been hurt by this spirit. In fact, every head bowed right here. You've been hurt by this spirit. Not just in church. That neglectful parent hurt you. That controlling parent hurt you. That father wound hurt you. That pastor hurt you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And I want you to get in agreement with this prayer. Father, we know that you are a healer because your word says you are the God that heals us. And there are many who are watching and many who are here in person who need healing from this spirit. There are many that have been damaged by this spirit and the effects of this spirit have really torn them apart. So, Father, I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that the Jezebel spirit will no longer rule, manipulate, deceive, control, lie, or negatively impact the lives of those who are watching or hearing the sound of my voice. I declare healing in their hearts 
healing in their minds, healing in their homes, healing in their families, healing in their marriages, healing in relationships, healing in their businesses, and healing in their bodies. And I declare no weapon formed against them shall prosper, and any Jezebel tongue that rises up against them shall be condemned. And I reverse every curse and negative word that was spoken over them, spoken to them, or spoken about them in Jesus' name. And I say as a man of God that you are healed, that you are blessed, you're delivered, and you're set free in Jesus' name. And if you receive that, say, I receive that. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap this morning. With every head still bowed. Maybe you're watching me or you're here. Here's my question to you. If you die today, are you